Welcome to Cookbook Club. We are home cooks from Portland, Oregon. I'm Sarah Gray. And I'm Renee Wilkinson. Every other episode of Cookbook Club will be focused not on a cookbook, but a cooking topic. Today, we're going to talk about one of our favorite topics, summer berry cakes. When it's summer and the berries are in season, making a cake with them is such a treat. We've tried many, many, many summer berry cakes over the last few years, and we can't wait to talk about some of our favorites. This is something we've done with our cookbook club, just sharing what we're making and going through and trying to hit all the great summer berry cake recipes out there. And it's been a really fun thing to do together. And because of that, I think we've got a good list of ones that work and ones that maybe aren't as good. I think if you're going to be obsessive about something in life, being obsessive about like my summer goal is to find the best ultimate summer berry cake. That's a pretty good thing to be obsessive about because I think oh, everyone yeah. that we know and love in the world has gotten to be the recipient of that obsessive journey. That whole vibe of like, it's summertime, things are a little quieter, mm-hmm. you can bake up a cake, it's got like this beautiful fruit on it, so delicious. This is hard to beat. I love the flexibility of a lot of the recipes we're going to talk about, too, where you can use whatever berry is in season, you know, so you could really be eating summer berry cakes from like May through September. Totally. Yeah, that's so true. Let's talk about what we sort of considered to be the best summer berry cake. We're just going to give you a big spoiler, basically, yeah. by just talking Let's about just jump the ultimate. Right in and make it first. <laughs> what is it, Sarah? It's the Smitten Kitchen Summer Strawberry Cake. It is the ultimate berry cake. It is so good. And we have like tried so many of them. Not all of them, but probably just like 98% of them. Yeah, we've tried so many. It's so good. It's like this fluffy, vanilla, ethereal, like wonderful cake batter. Yeah, it's just like sitting on a cloud in heaven. That kind of Basically, soft yeah. cake batter. Basically, yeah. And the flavor is just like so nice. And then it's got strawberries all on top. You do a strawberry layer on the top. So it's not an upside down cake. You don't flip it. You just put the strawberries right on top, sort of cover the top of the cake, and then you sprinkle them with sugar. And then they cook down into this like sort of jammy Mm -hmm. strawberry layer. It's so good. It is good. So there's like jammy pockets. And there's something about that sprinkling of the sugar on the top of the cake that makes the top almost get this like sugary crust to it. Like the combination of that sugary crust with like the pockets of jammy deliciousness is kind of unbeatable. And then the fluffy cake underneath. Oh my God. <laughs> so good. Why didn't we make it for today? Why am I not uh, eating this right now? Yeah. I mean, I've made, oh, I don't so want to admit how many times I have made that in just one single summer, but it, it yeah. was a lot. I would say easily double digits. Yeah. Now there's something about this recipe. So it's such a popular recipe on the Smitten Kitchen blog that she actually has two versions of it, right? Because she scaled it up. Mm-hmm. So there's a version where you can make I think the original makes like an eight inch round. Mm -hmm. And then the second recipe is like for a sheet cake. Is that right? Yeah. So you can double it. Right. So the original recipe is just called strawberry summer cake. And that recipe came out in 2011. Okay. And it has stood the test of time. Yeah. And then the sheet cake version where she basically just like doubled the ingredients and used, you know, rectangular pan to make it. Yeah. And I don't know what kind of like magic happens with just making the original 2011 version of that recipe. Right. But the newer version is just not as good to me. And it must be something about just the size of the pan and that it takes maybe a little bit longer to cook. And therefore, like maybe the outside parts get just a little bit more dry. Okay. But I am like really firmly on only making nine inch round cakes. Yeah. It's such a nice size for a cake. It's a perfect size. It, It cooks really evenly and we were even talking about this the other day that 
when I've tried making like an eight inch square cake, yeah, I still feel like it doesn't turn out as well for me as the round cake. But I have issues with the eight inch square too, and I I think you know we've talked about this off air like. I think I might also be having like issues with my oven and I've had like two different ovens in the last year and I'm still kind of figuring out some kinks on that. But I really have really struggled making an eight inch square cake. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't seem like it should be that hard. Her original recipe is like just enough for two families to get together and have a fun dinner. I love how rustic it looks when you're done, but it's so tasty, but it just feels like an easy breezy summer kind of recipe. Yeah, it's not hard at all. You just make up the batter mm-hmm. and it's not it's not a complicated recipe. Slice Stood. up the strawberries. That's why it has endured. So that's an awesome recipe. Everybody should make that. It also works with pretty much any soft fruit or berry. Right. You can totally switch out the strawberries for something else. Mm-hmm. I've done it with blueberries before and all kinds of okay. other things. Does it still get jammy with the blueberries? Not as jammy as the strawberries, yeah. for sure, because strawberries yeah. have so much water in them. I wonder if you did raspberry or something. It would just, just it would kind of like dissolve, but it would be delicious. I bet it would be really good with raspberries. Yeah. I think they still have a really high water content. Yeah. But, you know, blueberries are you know, encased in that little skin. Yeah. It's sort of like they have to pop open for them. It, right. It's just not as yeah. easy as those soft berries. Like blackberries would be totally awesome. Marion berries would oh, be great yeah. if you can get those really big ones to oh, put in there. Oh, those huge ones, yeah. Yeah. That'd be so pretty. I've also made that cake with figs before. Ooh. Any kind of soft fruit, yeah. it's going to be fabulous with. I wonder if you did it with blackberries, if the blackberries or the Marion berries would sort of stain the that white cake. I bet no more so than the strawberries. Because don't, don't you think kind they of would bleed? Like, you put them on top you just sort of after you put the cake. Top. Yeah, you don't stir them in. Right. They're just plopped on top. Yeah, that's true. They probably wouldn't I think stay that in it. we should just try yeah, all of them. Obviously. Every, <laughs> it's like just an excuse to make this cake. It's like, we right. should try to make I'm it I'm doing with some testing. Mm-hmm. I have to make this cake. Yeah, but that's not the only delicious strawberry cake there is under the sun. No, there's a lot of other really good strawberry ones, too. In Snacking Cakes by Yasi Arafi, there's that whole grain strawberry cake, which is very similar, except that you make it and it makes the same size of a cake because those snacking cakes are on the small side. Mm -hmm. But you can use she calls for whole wheat, spelt or rye flour. Mm -hmm. I think you got to make it with the rye. That's my hot take Mm. Uh, because the rye has like its own flavor. And it really works well with the strawberries. Like it plays off of them really nicely. That sounds great. It's really different. She also has you do the strawberries on top a little bit differently. Uh-huh. I think you do still just put them on top and then sprinkle them with sugar. But like she kind of suggests a little bit of a different arrangement. I think you slice them thin. Whereas on the Smitten Kitchen one, I think you just cut them in half. So they're like still in really big chunks. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've made that whole grain strawberry cake before, but I've used whole wheat flour instead of rye. So I'll try rye next time. That sounds a little bit more interesting. But the whole wheat version was still good. It's not it's sort of like eating buttermilk sandwich bread versus like whole Whole grain grain bread. bread. Like they're just going to be different. It's like comparing an apple and an orange. But I did like having a little bit of a variation between. Yeah. Try it with the rye because I think it instead of feeling like it's like the healthier version, uh-huh. it's like something different okay. because of the flavor of that rye flour. Nice. Because I don't really feel like you should try to make cakes healthy. No, it's cake. Yeah. But Just embrace it. It does remind me of those raspberry rye cookies from 100 Cookies. Yeah, it's that same flavor profile. Yeah. That rye is like really nice. Good combination. 
Another cake from Snacking Cakes that's on my list to try this summer is her honey cake. And it's kind of hidden from me as being a fruit cake because there's a variation in there where you can add blackberries. Oh. Yeah. And honey and blackberries together, I think, is such a good combination. Is that the honey cornmeal? I know I've asked this already. No, it's not the... the... She has a corn cake. It's not that recipe. Oh, right. Okay. It's her honey cake. Okay. You know, obviously, like, easy to confuse those. Right. But yeah, it's a honey cake with blackberries And so in the like table of contents, I just scribbled in like, you know, parentheses, blackberries. Right. So that when I scroll through my recipes that I want to make in the summertime, I'm I'm looking closer at that. Otherwise, I'd probably never make that outside of like wintertime. Yeah. Uh, But I think that would be a great combo. So Yasi Arafi, who wrote Snacking Cakes, also wrote another book, right, that has more of this kind of fruit desserts. It's all about fruit desserts. It's called Sweeter Off the Vine, Fruit Desserts for Every Season. So this was an earlier cookbook of hers. I think a friend gifted that to me 10 years ago or something. But it was right after I had a baby and I was not in a season of life where I was making a lot of fruit desserts. And so it sat on my shelf for a while, but I've come back to it and I'm really exploring the recipes in that because she has some really good looking things, including things under the cake category, which includes a cherry and poppy seed yogurt cake. Oh my gosh. Which sounds great and I'm planning to try, but I don't see why that wouldn't work with berries in right. in addition to cherries. But you fold half of the fruit into the batter and then the other half you put on the top. And okay. so I think that way you get like a cherry bite in every part of the cake. Because sometimes when you put heavy fruit like a cherry on a cake, it will sink to the bottom while right. it's baking. Interesting. So that alleviates that. And then she also has a current gooseberry buckle. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't know this, but a buckle is half cake batter and half fruit crisp, basically. Oh. So you make the cake batter and then you put like way too much fruit on it. And so it's going to weigh it so down. So it intentionally sort of yeah. falls through while and it's baking. And then you put like the fruit crisp part on top. So that way when it Ooh. when it's done baking, it's not going to like win a beauty contest. But right. it's probably going to be super delicious. Yeah. She also has a soft chocolate and fig cake, which oh. I know that figs are not like a berry, but I feel like... Like they're very berry adjacent. It's adjacent, yeah. Yeah, and so that's one. And it's a one. summer soft fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm going to make that in figs? August. I do. So I yeah. get a ton of figs usually the last week of July. So having these like fig heavy recipes all like queued up and ready to go is really important for yeah. me. Because once you pick a fig, it's like an apricot. They only keep for a couple like a day or two okay. or berries too. Right, right. You know, if you pick blackberries, like you really need to use them within yeah. like 24 hours. Yeah, totally. I mean, they have such a short shelf life. Yeah. Even really fresh strawberries. Mm-hmm. Like if you get them at the farmer's market, which I always have a little bit of like a hang up about putting my fresh farmer's market strawberries, which are like so rare and also so expensive uh-huh. into a cake. I always feel a little bit guilty about that. What would you do instead? I don't know, like use grocery store strawberries for the cake and eat the farmer's market oh, strawberries fresh. I hear they're just you. like so special. I think you need to buy more strawberries. Yeah, from well, them. that's probably the answer. <laughs> I yeah. think you need to have one pint that you can eat unrestricted while you are using the other pint to make, to the, make cake. the cake. I actually obviously the cake would be better if the strawberries were like peak. Yes. I feel like grocery store fruit is usually very flavorless, Yeah, you know, because they have yeah. to pick it so early so right. that it can so that it make lasts. it on the truck. Yeah. yeah. In the summertime when like a fruit especially is in season, it's not like tomatoes where you'll get like waves and waves of tomatoes for months. Like figs are in season for like now, eat them for the next right. week. And right. strawberries, and it's then like it's a over. three week season. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that actually putting it in a cake is one of the best ways to eat really good quality fresh fruit. Okay. Because otherwise what I'm doing with it is making it into jam. Yeah. Which I still think is better with really good quality fruit. Yeah. But, you know, maybe you could buy like some frozen stuff from like a, a big scale berry producer right. and use that for your jam. Yeah. It would just take a little bit longer because you're getting them frozen. Probably right. you'd have to cook off some of that water. But right. uh, I think that in terms of really great quality berries, cake is where it's at. Mm-hmm. We eat so much of that stuff raw in my house. My kids just like, you know, we'll buy like a flat of berries at the market and mm-hmm. like half of it will make it even home from the market. Oh, I hear <laughs> like you. They just go nuts. Yeah. Because it's so good when it's peak like that. We grow a lot of fruit at our place. And so that's where we'll graze. You yeah. Know? Th- yeah. So that's where we're like eating mostly fresh. And then we'll go to either the farmer's market or a CSA or a local pick farm and that's where we'll buy enough to like can usually i don't want that many strawberries in my garden yeah honestly why don't we take a quick break and then when we come back we have just about eight hundred thousand other recipes to talk about (laughs) yes drop cloth samplers is a line of hand-drawn embroidery samplers printed and ready for you to jump in and start stitching right away each pattern is hand-drawn by rebecca ringquist in her portland oregon studio and printed for you to embroider with your own color and thread choices like coloring book pages but for embroidery you can find drop cloth samplers on etsy or on instagram at drop cloth so you were talking about sweeter off the vine which sounds awesome and i think i might need to pick up a copy of that um, there's another book that sort that sort of reminds me of which is um this book called Rustic Fruit Desserts by Julie Richardson. Mm. And she's based here in Portland. She owns this really amazing bakery called Baker and Spice. Um, and she's written a couple of books. And this Rustic Fruit Desserts book is pretty incredible. It's got like cakes and more like things, a lot of things more on the rustic side. So like buckles mm-hmm. and crisps and like there's nothing really fancy in it, but it's all about the fruit. I would say they're not simple recipes. That Smitten Kitchen one is just like a snap to whip up. I love that simpleness. Um, This is like if you kind of want to do like a little bit of project baking. Like the one that comes to mind that I did out of this uh, like many years ago is there's a pear sauce cake. So it's like an applesauce cake, but you make the pear sauce yourself. So you need Mm. like a food mill to make the and it was like a whole day project to make this pear sauce cake. But it was incredible. That sounds great. It was really, really good. Um, But she's got one in there that's a stone fruit upside down cornmeal cake. Ooh. And so you can use any stone fruit, like a peach or an apricot or whatever. And that sounds really delicious. Do you think that would work with berries? Probably. I don't know why it wouldn't. No, it's upside down. It is upside down. So the berries might be like a little tender for that. Mm -hmm. I feel like the um, stone fruit holds up to that a little bit more because they're actually baking on the bottom Mm -hmm. where the pan is hottest. Yeah. Snacking Cakes has like a upside down apricot cake. Oh, yeah. I think that I think would also work. with Yeah. Or maybe it's an upside down peach cake or neck. No. Got it. It's an upside down nectarine cake. (laughs) But that one I think would would work with, you know, other stone fruits. But I think if you used like slightly underripe berries that hold up a little bit longer, that might work. Like a strawberry. Yeah. But like like, don't you think blueberries would just turn to mush? Probably. On the bottom. But if you used slightly underripe blackberries, I feel like there's two two versions of blackberries. There's like... Super firm and so tart that it's like almost sour. Yeah. And then like so soft that it's going to start growing you molded any pick moment. It up. Yeah. You pick it up and it disintegrates <laughs> yeah. in your fingers. Yeah. So that's those, so true. That the underripe blackberries would probably be good in that. They might hold dessert. up. 
desserts. Yeah, Rustic Fruit Desserts. Check it out. It's a really nice book. And her other one is called Vintage Cakes. Mm. They make really cute cakes at their bakery here in Portland. Cool. Go get some. Well, another fruit dessert that we should talk about that is like cake adjacent and also doesn't use strawberries, but other um, seasonal summer fruit is the blueberry cornmeal tart from Allison Roman from the New York Times. And Sarah, I think you've made that a lot. I have made it. I've made it a couple of times. It's really delicious. Yeah, it's a tart. So you make it in a tart pan. It's simple to make. It's really good. It is very heavy on the butter. Yeah, that's kind of the Allison Roman way, I think, yeah, is to yeah. be very heavy on the butter. But it's quite delicious, especially if you have really good blueberries. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. Yeah, it sounds complicated because I think, is there a shortbread component? Yeah, yeah. So I there's the a shortbread. shortbread. Com- yeah, but it's not like making a pie, which I still love making pies, but it's not super involved. It sounds more. Right. You just sort of like press in the shortbread crust. Yes. Do the blueberries and then mm-hmm. like just put the filling on top, which or the topping, which is like a crusty cornmeal mixture. Cornmeal, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a crumble. It's really tasty. I have a couple things about that recipe. One, kind of a lot of butter. Yeah. And it, whenever I have made it, it's turned out too sweet for me. Interesting. Melissa Chan from Cookbook Club made it recently for our Cookbook Club retreat that we went on. And it didn't taste overly sweet to me. And I think I just figured out why. Okay. I think the blueberries that I'm using are too sweet. Oh, or yeah. They're not too sweet. They're deliciously right, sweet. Right, But I think that with the sugar. they're sweet enough that you'd have to cut the sugar. Yeah. So yeah. I've made a note on that for future times that I make it yeah. that I need to just taste the blueberries and adjust the sugar based on what I think will be the right ratio. I think that's really interesting because all of these fruit does like if you're making a summer berry cake so you're dealing with berries like the sweetness is going to range hugely on any summer fruit so i think this is one of those times when you're going to have to taste it and sort of like make some adjustments on the fly but you just have to guesstimate which is really tricky right it's really hard but now at least i know that i've made that uh blueberry cornmeal tart many times myself yeah. and so now i've like finally cracked the code on what the perfect combination is but the butter is like it's really buttery it's very very buttery i've also found that with the cornmeal i was getting coarse cornmeal for a while oh yeah and it is too it's almost like eating a tiny pebble mm-hmm. like it just doesn't work I've had for that, that too yeah so it really needs to be a medium or a fine ground cornmeal yeah yeah it makes it much more palatable mm-hmm. but it is a fun textural component to have a little bit of crunch and something yeah. that's a sweet dessert yeah can I shout out another Allison yeah. Roman recipe Do it. so She also, when she was at the New York Times, made um, a summer, we're back to strawberry cakes, made the old-fashioned strawberry cake, which I have made before also. And she um, likens it to a strawberry donut because it's like a classic buttermilk cake with strawberries strewn throughout. I thought it was just fine. Okay. I think it is not as good as the snacking cakes, strawberry cake, and it is not as good as the Smitten Kitchen one. Mm -hmm. It just, I think it was not sweet enough for me. Yeah. Even if you're using really sweet strawberries, I think you would have to use like so many of the strawberry. Like the ratios were just not great. So I I Do the strawberries go on top of that one too or do they get mixed in? You fold in half of the strawberries. Okay. And then you put the rest of them on top. You sprinkle it with demerara sugar on top. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of similar to the Smitten Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. But it just didn't turn out as good for me. I just love what the strawberries do on top so much. I just don't get the point of of stirring them in below. Yeah. And then you might um, stain the batter, too. Yeah. And you just don't want to mix cake batter any more than you absolutely have to because you don't want to, like, activate gluten and start making it tough Tough. and Mm bread-like. 
I'm the great thing about this is that even if I have a recipe that doesn't turn out totally awesome, you're still left eating a strawberry cake. You I know, mean, it's dessert. Yeah, exactly. It's just trying it, to find the ultimate dessert. It does the job. <laughs> yeah. So if you don't want to uh, just live on cake all summer, which this conversation is making me want to, a couple of recipes that I can also recommend that are maybe not quite as sweet or quite as heavy are from Sarah Britton, who runs the My New Roots blog. And she wrote two cookbooks, My New Roots and Naturally Nourished. And she's got a couple of nice fruit desserts, sort of summer berry that are I think they're actually both vegan recipes hmm. because most of her stuff is vegan. And they're just like a little on the sort of healthier side, which they'll definitely taste a little healthier, but like they might be better for, you know, shaking it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. One is the coconut cardamom blueberry snack cake, Ooh, uh, which is really yummy. And it's like cooks up in a size where you can like grab a square of it to snack on. Okay. Like you don't kind of need a fork for it. What is like healthier about that? Is it like the flour mix or does yeah. she not use as much sugar? So it is vegan. So it's like not butter. I think she has coconut oil in it. Okay. I wonder if when you're using coconut oil, does it turn out moist, sort of like an olive oil cake? Yeah, it can. I'm sorry that I had to use the word moist, everyone, for people who don't (laughs) like the word moist, 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 moist. (laughs) It has a lot of coconut in it. Okay. Um, It's like desiccated coconut. Uh And then it has rolled oats and then some wheat flour. So it's like less flour, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, It's got cardamom in it. And then it actually has coconut milk. Mm. And then it's sweetened with maple syrup. That sounds good. So it's kind of on the crunchy side. It definitely tastes like crunchy and it's got a ton of coconut in it. But I thought it was really tasty. By crunchy, you mean hippie, not actual texture. Exactly. Although a little bit with all that desiccated coconut in there. And it has a lot of um, whole rolled oats in it. I always think the word desiccated coconut is funny because it reminds me of like decimated. Yeah. Like, man, they just really decimated that coconut. (laughs) (laughs) You're just left with this like. I mean, they did. Sad remains of the coconut. (laughs) Um, but yeah, the cardamom in there is really nice. It like kind of gives it a nice flavor. So that's a fun one. That's like, I don't know if it actually crosses into like dessert category. It's more of like a sweet snack. Okay. I don't know. You could, you you could obviously like eat it for dessert. Tea time, afternoon snack. Yeah, that would be great. Maybe breakfast. Totally. It would be great for breakfast. Probably breakfast also with some whip and some fresh fruit. Yes. Now you're talking. <laughs> but yeah, it's got the fresh blueberries in it. And you can also use frozen blueberries, so you could make that year-round. Cool. That's the nice thing about blueberries is that you can fake it with frozen ones if you really need some like summer berry cake energy in your life and yeah. it's February. We buy 50 pounds of frozen blueberries every year, every summer. So we pick, we do, you pick blueberries. We have blueberries at home too, but we, I think we have like 13 blueberry plants and we use all of them. So we then also you pick blueberries. And then at the end of the you pick, I've already like reserved a bunch of 10 pound bags with the farm. And so we take home 50 pounds of frozen blueberries. I love this system. If you're you picking with kids, that's the way to do it. Because otherwise it's too frustrating to be like, we're not picking enough. So just let them do it for the experience and then buy them already picked. Yeah, totally. The other berry cake recipe that I really like from Sarah Britton is is from the My New Roots cookbook. It's called the Berry Volcano Cake with White Chocolate Hemp Sauce. Oh my God, there's so many weird things going on in that title. I know, totally. A volcano cake? I know, so it's like um, a bundt cake 
So uh-huh. she bakes it in a bun cake and then like fills the middle of it with berries. So it like kind of looks like it's like an exploding volcano of berries. Oh, okay, just for presentation. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, obviously, like that would make a huge mess in the oven. But when I, I just right. was trying to get my head around that, I think they're fresh. I don't think you. I think you bake the cake and then you add the berries on okay. top. I don't think you cook the berries. So in that way, it's like not really exactly what we're talking about, but um, it's almost more like a shortcake or yeah, where something. you add the berries afterward. Okay. Um, and it's also like it's she calls for spelt flour. Um, it's got coconut oil and maple syrup in it, and like a non-dairy milk. She calls for your milk of choice, but the implication is that you'll use a non-dairy milk. And like it has vanilla bean in it, and like it calls for four cups of mixed berries. So that's, that's like a, a huge amount of berries. And like the way she shows it in the recipe is like it's like exploding out of the volcano and it's like surrounding the cake on the plate. So it's definitely like a showstopper, especially if you are a vegan or you're looking for a way to like serve a dessert to a vegan crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, this would work if you're like, <laughs> I feel like I always end up making vegan or gluten free cakes for my kids' birthdays mm-hmm. because there's always somebody at the party who can't mm-hmm. have whatever. Um, so this would be a good like showstopper for that if you have like a mixed group of people and you have somebody who can't do dairy or can't do gluten. Mm-hmm. You could use a gluten free flour, I'm sure. I have made the Smitten Kitchen summer berry cake with a low protein flour mix okay. before and it has turned out fine. It's from Cook for Love, she has like an basically all-purpose low-protein baking mix. Okay. And what goes into that? Well, it's wheat starch. It also has a small amount of cake flour in okay. it. Okay. So like cake flour doesn't have as much protein as right. all-purpose flour. Okay. But a little bit just to keep the structure. Yeah. And then it has xanthan gum. Okay. I think that might be it. Yeah. But it's mostly wheat starch. That's interesting. Yeah, but it still turns out great. And I think especially in a berry cake, you don't notice when you're subbing like a gluten-free flour or some sort of alternative flour, you don't notice as much because it's like the jamminess of the fruit is in there. It's going to kind of mess with like the perfect structure of a cake anyways to mix in that stuff. Right. And so you don't really, I think it works. Another recipe that we want to give a quick shout out to is one that Eliz Rozier from our cookbook club got on our radar, and it's from Sarah Copeland. Have you ever cooked her recipes? I've cooked a little bit from one of her books, but not a ton. Okay. Well, Eliz liked this one because she said it's very buttery, which she likes, and flexible, meaning that she can convert it to using gluten-free flour. And maybe that's because there's so much fat in it that it ends up still tasting like really fabulous. Yeah. It's a rhubarb tort recipe. Yum. And... Um, Eliz usually cuts the sugar because that's kind of where she likes her sweetness on her fruit desserts. And she used mostly rhubarb with a few strawberries. So you can still kind of work in some fresh berries into that recipe as well. So yummy. It's adapted from the Lazy Chef's Fruit Tort from the Newlywed Cookbook. But she also published it in an email newsletter, which we will link to. I feel like we gave people some really good ideas, though, yeah. for like if you're looking for the ultimate berry cake yeah. and you are comfortable with butter and yeah all-purpose flour and yeah. want something simple, do the Smitten Kitchen one. If you want something a little bit more like on the healthy side mm-hmm. or using, you know, more interesting ingredients, go mm-hmm. the Sarah Britton route. Right. If you want like all of the fruits to get you through the entire year yeah. of all kinds of desserts, yeah. whether they're cakes or other things, mm-hmm. sweeter off the vine and rustic fruit desserts yeah. give you like an easy Double to implement option. and yeah. a more complex yeah. way to implement. That's true. Yeah. We've kind of hit the range. Yeah. I'm so excited to make some of these this summer. I've got my list ready now, and 
I think we're going to be eating a lot of a lot of um, berry cakes this summer. Yeah, I'm excited also. And I know that there's a bazillion summer cake recipes out there. And I was kind of joking when I said that we've cooked like 98% of them. But I would love it if people sent us their favorite summer berry cakes. Yeah, throughout the summer, as you're making these beautiful summer berry cakes, please share them with us. We'd love to get some new ones on our list. Yes. And thank you so much to C. Jane Illinois for the review. Your reviews are so wonderful, you guys. Thank you for those of you guys who've taken the time to leave those. We really, really appreciate it. It like makes our day. It actually makes our week, to be real honest. Totally. We get real excited when (laughs) we get a new review. We do this for the joy of like doing it and talking about food. But it's really fun when we get to hear that you guys are enjoying it, too. We sure hope you'll join us next time when we'll be cooking from Zahav by Michael Solomonov. Sarah, why did we choose this book? We're really excited about this book. It's this really gorgeous book. It's a restaurant cookbook, mm-hmm. but it's got like a lot of really inventive stuff in it and um, a lot of like personal stories. And I'm really excited to do more cooking from it. Yeah, it's an Israeli cookbook, right? Yeah, yeah it is. So just reading the book feels like you're traveling, which to me is so fun. And it's a perfect summertime book, in my humble opinion, because it relies really heavily on all of that produce that we is like at its peak in summer. Right. Those fresh tomatoes, the eggplant, the, all of that. Mm-hmm. It should be pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. And cook along with us between now and then. Just tag us on Instagram at cookbook club show or send us a voice memo or a comment at cookbookclubshow at gmail.com. You can find us online at cookbookclub.show. And remember to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one. And leaving us a review really helps other home cooks find us too. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys.